Hello. On this podcast, we talk about movies, their faults, their flaws, and their plots. So, expect some spoilers. You've been warned. Welcome to Plot Spackle. I'm John, and on Valentine's Day, I went to a nickel arcade. I'm Eric, and I spent Valentine's Day celebrating a birthday with my dad. I'm Richard, and I spent Valentine's Day working and then taking my girlfriend out for steak and seafood. And uh, so uh, we got this, uh, is this margarine just everywhere? What are we doing with this margarine? It is farm fresh margarine, John. And we're going to use that to fill our plot holes? Yeah, but you're we're... not putting it on your bread. Have you tasted this stuff? Oh my gosh, it's horrible. Well, it's it's fat. It says on the box it's fat free. It's not supposed to be good. It's just good for you. Huh. Well, if uh, you couldn't figure it out, and you probably couldn't. Yeah, it's pretty obscure. And yeah. if you have never seen this movie, um, the movie we're doing today is Kate and Leopold, which is a two-part thing because it's our Valentine's Day episode a week late and time travel episode number one. Or two. Depends when, you, uh, when you're catching up in the timeline. Yeah, that's, that's how time travel works. So do we want to... Richard, can you tell us some info about the movie Kate and Leopold, which we all totally saw like a long time ago? Because it's not a... Ch- no, well, it is a chick flick. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's totally a chick flick. But that's not a bad thing. All right. <clears throat> so Kate and Leopold released on the 25th of December, 2001. On Christmas Day? On Christmas Day. Day. Oh, I guess we could uh, we could just save this for our Christmas episode too. Kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, we'll just re re release it. No, what we should do is we should so release it now, but then release a second one in the future with some sort of paradoxes in there. Oh, just some minor differences. Mm-hmm. But anyways, anyhow, uh, it had a forty-eight million dollar budget, and its opening weekend it earned two million back, and in the U.S. Only ended up grossing forty-seven million total. It had to go worldwide before it actually turned a profit for at seventy-six million. Ah, uh, it's too bad. And which actors are in this movie, by the way? So this one we have Hugh Ackman and a huge, huge, huge Ackman, Ackman huge Ackman, uh, Meg Ryan, and yeah, that's basically uh, the important bits. You know, Leif Schreiber. So, so we had some star power. It's so, just I'm surprised it did so. Not as well, unless, you know, counting the whole, it came out on Christmas thing. I don't know, because a lot of people actually do go out, do movies, because they have, you know, time off and they're with their families, but maybe not on Christmas Day. And, I mean, it's got the star power. Mm -hmm. Though, I know I didn't see it in theaters. I didn't see it. I didn't even know it existed until about three weeks ago. Well, not three weeks ago, but um, in January, I think, that's when I actually watched it. That was when you found out that it existed? Yes. Oh. Wow. All right. Well, now that you know it exists, I don't. I don't watch chick flicks. But you have a wife. I do have a wife, and she can watch all the chick flicks she wants. But you're just not there. I'm not, or I'm on my phone. <laughs> you just check out for the movie. No, I'll pay attention to it. But like, for example, in Kate Leopold, I was um, while I was watching the movie, I had my laptop out and I was looking up plot holes, and uh, my wife was like, "You need to be watching this. Why aren't you watching this?" I'm like, "I'm d- multitasking." I'm totally not checking out Reddit. But you were checking out Reddit, weren't you? Probably. Yeah, but it was r slash plot holes, so that counts as research. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, tell us about the movie. What's it What's the, all about? Who's Kate? Who's Leopold? And how do we have a uh, time travel uh, chick flick? 
So the story, the basic premise of Kate and Leopold is we find out in the movie that uh, Wolverine is in fact Sabretooth's grandfather. Sabretooth figured out a way to go back in time and save uh, the queen of uh, the rom-com, Meg Ryan. Wait, no, I guess he doesn't save her. But he brings his uh, grandfather uh, back, who is the greatest showman. And during that time, the inventor, Leopold, uh, the Hugh Jackman character, um, he is surprised by the modern world. He comes from like the 1890s or whatever to the 2000s. So uh, I think early 2000s because there's cell phones but and Palm Pilots, but they're not great. They're not actually usable. They exist. So... He comes to the modern times and falls in love with Meg Ryan because, well, she is the queen of the rom-com. So, until she is unfortunately dethroned by Drew Barrymore later in the two, in the War of Succession of 2000. That's film history for you. Meg, the Meg Ryan character falls in love with the Hugh Jackman character. And, well, he has to go back in time because it turns out he is the inventor of elevators. And because he is not uh, back, or he is taken out of his timeline before he can invent the elevator and well basically businesses grind to a halt because no one can take the stairs they live in new york so you know that's multi that's hundreds of steps people just don't have time for that they're businessmen and women they are successful but um to wind this uh, long tangent up and we haven't invented fitbits yet so none of those steps count it's true oh that that's the real killer right there Let's see, speaking of which, check my steps. I just check out the steps. <laughs> uh, uh, what are we looking at today? Oh, crap. I need to do like 2,000 more. Shoot. And we don't have time for that. You got to record. Yep. So, anyways, um, they send uh, Leopold back in time so he can invent the elevator and become a successful di- businessman. Uh, but Meg Ryan learns that she, in fact, loves uh, Leopold and gets sent back in time as well. They don't really, they dwell on the time travel plot, but they don't really explain how it works, except there's a, there's a rip in the fabric of time and that allows you to travel back and forth. Oh, but it only happens at certain periods. And only at certain days and for a certain amount of time. Yep. And so that becomes the, uh, will they or won't they of the movie because, well, we know they're going to get together because they're just way too attractive to not get together. And it's that kind of movie. But the, the crux is, will they be able to get back? Will they be able to get Leopold back in time and Kate to Leopold in time? So, yeah, premise of the movie is they do. All right. So uh, we have time travel. And with time travel comes plot holes. What More are like paradoxes. In this particular case, a hole by which you can travel back in time or forward in time. Which moves along our plot. All right, so let's uh, let's get some plot holes. Let's get some plot holes. So, so we oh, we are taking the plot holes from uh, two websites, I believe. First is moviemistakes.com. Uh, search for Kate and Leopold. And the second one is tvtropes.org. So, first plot hole. Uh, Stewart the Sabretooth character establishes that there's only one of you. And when you travel through time, you can repeat things, but it will be you and not your double that does it. But at the end, when the Duke is going up the stairs and the uncle says, where have you been? The Duke is wearing the same, the same clothes as the first time. 
yet we see that he goes directly from the time portal to his house in the ballroom raiment of the later scene. Where did the old clothes come from? Well, I think it's because uh, he was changing in the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. He was in the changing room. And it says, like, in the actual movie that you're going to go back in time, but you're not going at the exact time you left. You're going to have a couple hours overlap. So he is literally reliving those hours. Maybe he kills his double. Try to avoid himself. But he knows exactly where he was. I mean, it was only two weeks ago. Yeah, but yet this is a time travel story, and so they have to avoid making out with himself. Which is hard for Hugh Jackman. because mm-hmm. it's, it's Hugh Jackman. It's Hugh Jackman. He'd make out with himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, he knows exactly where he was. And he... Oh, he's a duke in the movie, by the way, so royalty, which means he's going to have a lot of clothes. Oh, yeah. They have lots of clothes. That's how you could tell if you had money, is you had clothes. The clothes maketh the man. Otherwise, you only have, like, one pair of pants. If that. No shoes. Fancy pants, and you're not fancy pants. You either worked in the mines, or you had many suits. But I think, you know, that's just kind of a nitpicky one, I think. Alright, so uh, how is it that uh, Kate is completely dry when she's running to Leopold's house at the end of the film? The wormhole is somewhere in the air off the side of the Brooklyn Bridge, which you have to jump into. And so, uh, in theory, when you come out of it, you're going to land in the river and uh, have to swim to shore. In theory, perhaps, but in practice, we never have to. It never says that the wormhole exits at the same place you enter it. And we see in the movie itself that when Leopold and... Stuart come out they're nowhere near the river so another thing too so they have to jump off the brooklyn bridge which is at a height of 276 feet above the water so you wouldn't have to worry so much about being wet as concussed or Or dead yeah dead works but we know from the movie that they in fact do not die they have no injuries so i'm thinking that they jump into the hole and it sends them out the other side like at street level I'm betting that not only do you have to jump into a wormhole, but you have to hit a specific time or a specific speed. Like 88 miles an hour? Yeah, some yep. some arbitrary number like that mm-hmm. that is in no way connected to anything else. <laughs> we just pull, we'll pull it out of our head right now. And, uh, and that's how it works, but then it leaves you on a nearby spot. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's kind of like that vi- portal video game where... There's two time portals. You go in one and you, it pops you out the other one. Yeah, and so maybe you have to wait till they uh, get close enough for you to time travel. And that's why uh, you can only do it certain times and certain days. Mm-hmm. And it always connects to the same general time. Well, I think they say in the movie that it does, like, he's worked out a formula to determine wh- exactly which time is happening, or which uh, portal that travels to a specific time is happening. So that's. He only has one to work with because the next, it won't realign for, I, don't, I can't remember what the movie says, but I think it's like 20 years or something. It might be like 50 years. It's a long time. So maybe there's other t- portals that are going to line up, but it's not going to send them to the 1890s that they need to go to. All right. What's our next plot hole? All right. So since Leopold comes into the future, all the elevators disappear. They, they don't, though. Yeah, they don't. They just stop working. Like, everyone knows what elevators are. And they stop working around the city. But they're still there. All right, solved. 
Well, that was easy. Yeah, that was, that was pretty straightforward. Though, um, I mean, maybe we can do a bit more on this. We definitely can. <laughs> it's unrelated. As Leopold didn't actually invent the elevator. No, he, he invented the, uh, uh, the counterweight, a part of the elevator. Yep. I mean, if you and if you want to go, like, super precise, because Otis, while certainly his uh, butler in the film... Elisha Otis is the guy who invented the safety brake for the lifting for the uh, lifting platform, which is where we get our Otis Elevator Company, not the Mountbatten Elevators or uh, Leopold Elevator Company. And so all the elevators breaking down in Manhattan is unrelated. Probably um, some people coming out of wormholes at ridiculously high speeds may have ended up killing a old man who was an elevator repairman. Uh, repair specialist, I would say. Possibly the only only one in New York. I mean, there's another possibility, because we hear that the elevators in the city have stopped working. But, I mean, there's elevators around the world. Yeah. I mean, if all the elevators in the world stopped working, it might be a larger headline than uh, the elevators in the city. So it's maybe it's a Leopold founds a company that manufactures a specific part for elevators. And so elevators that are built during... That time period with that part are the ones that are affected. It's possible. Maybe it's radiating outwards as well. Like, it starts in New York, but who knows? Maybe it's going to hit Chicago next week and then Los Angeles the week after that. Especially if you didn't actually make it back in time. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much this is a plot hole, actually. It's just more of a nitpick. Someone also not paying too much attention because the elevator was still there. I mean, it kind of caused problems for Meg Ryan. When she had to, like, climb out of it because it didn't get all the way to her floor. Not so much for Stuart, who fell into it. Yeah, that that was more problematic for him. And he, he survived. What floor was he on, too? Like, was he on the second or fourth? Was he the fourth floor? I know oh, he was oh, fairly shoot. high up. I remember we actually looked at that. He was on the third floor. Third floor. Okay, so he's only falling 30 feet. I mean, minimum 30. Yeah. No, no. He did have, like, that whole stretchy thing from the dog walker, oh, which yeah. buys him, like, another 12 feet. And so if we believe also the elevator itself is sitting down maybe kind of halfway between floors, mm-hmm. then, you know, that also removes some space. That's true. Enough, the movie sets it up that it's enough to break his legs. Or not break his legs. I think, um, he wasn't in cast. I know he had to walk with a cane, though, so. Uh, he certainly dislocated an ankle. Probably, uh. Yeah, dislocated, maybe twisted a bit, sprained a knee. And because they had him, like, in traction the first time we see him in the hospital, probably some kind of uh, spinal problems. Oh, yeah. They, or they were didn't want to risk it. Yeah, compression issues. Good tip, guys. Um, if you're falling out of an elevator shaft, may, or falling into an elevator shaft, make sure the elevator is halfway between you and the floor. Also, um, make sure there is a dog that's not very helpful, but has a dog leash. A really good one, strong one that can yep. hold your weight. What well, they're made out of like canvas threads, though, aren't they? That canvas is pretty strong. I don't know, or I guess they're nylon now. It depends how hipster you are. All right. Well, how about this? So uh, we have Kate. She goes back in time, and her dress goes from plain to frilly. But we have a picture of her when she's in the past from before, and we don't really see that. What, what's your thoughts? The dress is both blue and gold or no blue and black and uh, gold and white it looks different in the front than it does in the back because the first time you see it you only see her in the front and when you see her running towards a party you see her from behind 
And then it's frilly? And then it's frilly. Oh man, this sounds almost like a, a de- specific decision made in a production. As a matter of fact, you might think that, but I couldn't possibly comment. I can. Alright, I'm convinced about the dress. And I'm also come to my internet zen. Everything is both black and blue and white and gold. And all the colors combined. And there are two rainbows. No way. All right. All right. So, well, I guess we have a a final. This is the final one, right? Yeah. This is. I the, think this, this is the final. There's not more on these pages. Yeah. It's just more like her being a a woman in the Victorian era is like. Is, is oh no! There go my rights. So, Stuart, he is the ex-boyfriend of the Meg Ryan character. They had intimate relationships, but we find out that Stuart is descended from uh, Leopold, who ends up marrying. The Meg Ryan character, whom he had uh, intimate relationships with. Mm-hmm. I think, I, from what I understand, they wanted to have his name be Oedipus at the beginning of the movie, but thought, nah, that's just Greek to everyone. That would, yeah, it would be a little too on the nose. Too so, on the eye, really. All right, so uh, we have we have the thing here. We know, one, it's far enough in the past that... uh. It doesn't matter as much. It's not like they knew ahead of time. You know, it's like Luke and Leia kissing. Yeah, that was pretty weird. I mean, it's weird, but it's only weird in a retrospect. Because, you know, it wasn't really true at the time either. They kissed like two or three times, actually, to be fair. they kiss, I think they kissed twice in the first movie. Or she gives him a kiss like she says, good luck. And then he swings across the Death Star Trench. Or a, a like cavern in the middle of a build, like an industrial building. Why do they have that there? Um, they have it because you need those. They're part of uh, how the Death Star works. Oh, air circulation between the floors. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, but but I mean, plot you know, spackled. Um, I mean, the other way you can think of it is maybe they're not actually related at all. Maybe uh, t- traveling through time uh, screws stuff up, and uh, um, either her or Leopold are like in infertile and they have to adopt or maybe so hugh jackman's character is the duke of a what's his butt what i can't remember the actual mountbatten mountbatten so he's the duke of mountbatten so that means stewart's grandmother would have been the duchess of mountbatten but when he was having relationships with meg ryan she obviously wasn't the duchess so couldn't be the same person oh yeah well there you are or we have an even better one or because this is a time travel story we are we have hit timeline number three, which is how we actually get here. Because you have the first timeline where there is no there is no weird time travel shenanigans. Leopold gets himself married to a rich girl, lives in a miserable, uninspired life, and his his descendants ends up with Stuart, who is time travel obsessed, and then he goes back in time. And as we've seen, him being back in time was enough for Leopold to follow him through. And so we end up with Kate, who follows them back. Because Kate, in the first time when we see her at the party at the beginning of the movie, shows up at the party far earlier than Kate at the end of the movie shows up at the party. So we have Kate, who follows him back in timeline number two, whereupon we cause the events of the movie, timeline number three, when they go back in time... They end up in timeline number four. Man, that I had trouble following that. That must be a real time travel movie. Yeah, yeah. So, so multiple timelines. So in the newest timeline, there is no Stuart in the future because that Stuart doesn't exist because that Stuart's from a, a loveless relationship 
with one of the uh, wealthy heiresses at the party. Exactly. At which point, timeline number five will have no will go back to having no weird time travel shenanigans, and the cycle can repeat. And it'll become a time pretzel, time boondoggle. Uh, I believe it's a time family wreath. I thought it was a, t- a Mobius strip. I thought that's what they were. Just folding in on itself. Well, it would have been a family tree, but they're all related to each other, so now it's a family wreath. A family stick. But there we go. Maybe maybe we haven't actually, you know, plotted that hole, but made it a little less icky. It's still it's kind of, you know... Like I said, it sounds like a Greek tragedy to but, me. But this is a thing that happens in time travel. I mean... Time happen- travel romance. It's a thing. Back to the Future, you know, makes out with his mom. Well, his mom tries to make out with Marty McFly, but feels like she's kissing his brother or her brother or something. Um, let's see, Futurama. Fry is, in fact, his own grandpa. But I think that one is more of a, they're playing off the whole yeah, yeah. trope. I bet Bill and Ted are somehow related to themselves. Well, probably. At least. So, yeah, I think, I think that's it. No, that's all everything we have. So, uh, what do you guys think about Kate and Leopold? It's fun. I think, oh, what did I say? I think it was sickly sweet. That's what I said. Uh, I believe the term you used was saccharin. Too sweet for you. Oh, okay. I'm like, don't use those words with me. (laughs) (laughs) You wash your your mouth out with soap, young man. See, I... Except you're older than I am, so... (laughs) I kind of feel like they were, uh, when they were coming up with the idea, they were looking at one of those uh, bodice ripping uh, romance novels. Like, well, there's a period, gentleman. If only we could have one nowadays. And someone said, with time travel, you could. And they're like, that's a movie. Get Meg Ryan in that. That sounds just crazy enough to work. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's serviceable. It's nothing spectacular. Yeah, it was. I probably wouldn't buy it, but my wife would. I know my wife loves it. See, it's not my favorite time travel romance movie. So, <laughs> wait. What is your favorite time travel romance movie? Uh, somewhere in time. All right. I was like, there's more than one? Oh, yeah, there is. Heck, yeah, man. Time travel romance is its own genre. Isn't isn't very specifically uh, time travel Scottish? A Scottish time travel romance is its own subgenre in fiction. It's, you go deep on that stuff. It's like after. I don't think I want to. It's like after Twilight, there is now new, new teen paranormal romance books. Oh, yeah, there's the And they have section. to do teen paranormal romance as its own thing. That's true. So there was all there's been romance books and then there was time travel romance books ever since people came up with that whole but what if time travel since like you know Doctor Who happened mm-hmm. and then from there a its own theme is Scotland because everybody likes Scotland home of the brave. I just want to say to all our listeners that uh I read at this moment that we are audio only because Eric's face when Richard started going into the subgenre was pretty good. Like, yeah. The shock and awe. No, like, not awe. More like... The terror. I guess, uh, I the, guess awe is one of the... The uh, lack of comprehension that this yeah. was a thing. Yeah, it's like, so paranormal. Like, the, okay, so they're going to have a ghost love story. You know, they have the vampire ghost, werewolf. Your, your vampire, your werewolf. Your mummy. Um, your where Zamboni. Where Zamboni. Um, well, let's see. We have uh, the... Fishman, um, love story. Kiss, kiss, glub, glub. Uh, yep. Uh, sound of water or shape of water. Whatever. It's one of those S words. Beauty and the beast. It's the OG. Oh, that's, Mm -hmm. I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah. All Um, right. With that disturbing image. What we should do is we should. Or Bluebeard's Bride. Take your pick. Yeah. Though that one's only a romance half the time. I think though we should thank our patrons or patrons. Our patrons. Yep. 
for all the support that they give us. And we'd actually like to ask other people to join those that fellow good-looking uh, members of society and uh, become a patron member because we would appreciate it. Plus, you get more uh, more content. You, well, you'll, you'll actually get to listen to this episode unedited, unfortunately. Yeah, poor suckers. But we do have a Richard's Rabbit Hole as well, which we should probably do one of those soon. Well, we have two that we haven't done what we're supposed to have done. Yeah. About the uh, history of uh, musicals in film. And also, he's got one prepared very specifically on Scottish time travel romance. Oh, no. Oh, believe me. I learned things. All right. Well, um, but anyways, tell us what you thought about this movie or about, you know, the plot holes. If we missed any, uh, feel free to contact us on Facebook for, search for us at plot spackle. Email us at plot spackle podcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at plot spackle pod, which I actually even check. And sometimes we tweet things.